This story has been recorded at an Addictive Eaters Anonymous meeting in New Zealand. You can email us at contact at aeanz.org. And since this is the first Friday of the month, it's a speaker meeting, and tonight we have Janelle. Thank you, Tina. My name is Janelle. I'm an Addictive Eater. I was thinking today about what I was going to share tonight, and I kept coming back to my first meeting. And what I found, what I found at that meeting, and, and what it was like, and um, and then I found a paragraph from the big book, which I'll just read first, which um, you know I really like and I identify with. So it's on page fifty-two from We Agnostics. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. And, um, you know, I believe today that I'm sober by the, the grace of God, not eating. And um, know that, um, that God does for me what I can't do for myself, because I certainly couldn't stop myself eating. And um, I knew... I realised once I'd come here and I heard heard everyone's stories that I was um, I tried enough things that hadn't worked. I was beyond human aid, and um, I I had I thought if I was a normal size, I wouldn't want to eat all the time. I thought a diet would fix me from my mid-teens. I thought well, when I'm a normal size, I won't want to eat all the time, and I'd wanted to eat all the time from as far back as I can remember as a as a preschooler, I can remember, um, you know, I climbed up. I climbed up the cupboards to get to the top cupboard that had the fluoride tablets in it and um, ate the fluoride tablets. And that was, the, you know, that was the end of the fluoride tablets. Mum didn't, you know, she didn't get any more. But I, I also ate the vitamin C tablets. And um, we had malt. I, I didn't really like the malt, but it was sweet. Um, I, you know, I took... I had that, but I, I really didn't like the Lane's Emulsion. I don't know if anyone knows what Lane's Emulsion is. It was a tonic and it was hideous and um, I didn't like that. But, um, you know, I can remember um, being given a little, um, would have been a little play, little pot set for your little doll's stove, you know, but it was made out of metal. So I put it on the stove and turned it on, you know, because... That's what you do, you cook with it. So I'd climbed up and put the stove on and cooked with my little thing on the actual stove because I'm going to cook food. I'm not going to pretend to have food with my dolls. <laughs> I'm going to put it on the stove and, and cook with it, which is what I did. And um, so, you know, as far back, you know, I was born, you know, I believe I was born um, a food addict and um, and always wanted more. Enough was never enough. And... Um, as I got older, the amounts that I wanted to eat got bigger. And um, if every meal, every day didn't feel like Christmas dinner when I was fit to burst, well, I hadn't had enough to eat, you know. And then when I'd felt like that, I felt like I could, I could burst, I would think, oh, well, I'll have something to eat. It'll make me feel better, you know. So my eating was pretty warped, you know, from the word go and um, 
as a result of that eating I was overweight as a child and obese as an adult and um, as I say when I got to my mid-teens I thought well when I'm a normal size when I can lose weight and get to a normal size I, I won't want to eat all the time and um, but I had a lot of eating to do between then and 32 when I got here having lost weight and got to a normal size and people congratulating me and saying that I looked wonderful and um, nothing had changed. I was, you know, I was, I was slim, but I still wanted to eat all the time. And I knew then that whatever was wrong with me, a diet wasn't the answer. And um, found, you know, found our fellowship through um, the library display and. You know, you could say, was that odd or was that God? You know, that, that display should be there. And just, you know, throughout the years um, that I've been coming, there have been so many situations that um, I haven't orchestrated, you know, and things have been put in my place that have helped me. And... Um, so you know, I came, you know, I came to my first meeting, and here were, you know, a room full of people. There were men there, men and women, and I was pretty nervous about what they were going to be like. I was sure that they would be odd, and have purple hair and just be weird. But you know, they they were normal-looking people, and they were chatting, and um, they seemed friendly, and um, when they shared, for the first time, I heard other people's eating, which was like mine, because I, I thought I was the only one. I didn't know there was anyone who ate the way I ate because I was, you know, ashamed and guilty. And the puzzling thing was I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to eat that way. But when I started, I couldn't stop. And, you know, I didn't have an off switch with food. So... Um, so what, what, what they had was very attractive to me and I couldn't have told you what they had but it was, um, you know, looking back now, it was a sense of serenity and peace and, um, you know, they talked about their eating and the things they'd done and, you know, I related to it and then someone said that she'd eaten out of a rubbish bin. I thought, oh, fancy eating out of a rubbish bin. Well, then I, you know, I kept, coming and then I thought so when I was going to throw that food out and put it on the top and made sure nothing was around it in the rubbish bin and then taking it out that would technically qualify as eating out of a rubbish bin so I thought well yes you know and I'd worked in a bakery when I left school and um, you know eating the fresh food out of the pig bucket <laughs> The pig bin would technically qualify as eating out of a rubbish bin as well, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, just began to piece together my story. And, um, you know, at that first meeting, people talked about, well, they shared about, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it was like now. And they talked about... Um, coming to meetings and reading the big book and having a sponsor and handing their wooden life over to the care of God 
and trying, you know, working the steps and trying to help other people. And um, and I could tell that they were different. They weren't just, you know, talking the talk. And I'd um, I'd been to my doctor and told her I couldn't stop eating. And in the first instance, she suggested a hobby, um, which didn't work. I went back having been a girl guide leader, which was the worst thing I could have probably ever ever attempted to be. Couldn't wait to get out of there. Um, and then her next suggestion was diet pills. And um, you know, I loved the diet pills and I knew I wasn't going back to getting them anymore because they made me very happy but I didn't lose any weight. And I, I you know, I could clean at 10 o'clock at night, you know, which was very unlike me because I couldn't clean at 10 o'clock in the morning, let alone clean at 10 o'clock at night. Um, so um, I didn't go back and get any more. And, and, you know, she said to me, well, with a mother like yours, no wonder you ate. And, and I told her how mean mum was to me, but I didn't tell her how mean I was to mum. You know, I didn't give her my side of what I was actually like. So, um, so you know, that very first meeting, and I was attracted, you know, I was, I was attracted to what I saw here, and, and, you know, I kept coming. And for a long time, 15 months, I, all I could see was the weight. And I had no idea, no insight into the second half of the first step that my life was unmanageable because that had always been like that and I just saw my weight. And as time went on, um, I, I began to see that the unmanageability was far bigger than my eating and my weight was. And... Um, you know, the top of that list was the crippling shyness and sensitivity and not being able to, I couldn't look people in the eye, I couldn't speak to them without going bright red. Um, I had no friends. I had my one primary school friend who'd kept in touch with me. I, did, I was felt like I was born without the instruction manual. I, I had no idea how to do anything. And... Um, you know, if there was money in the bank account, I had to spend it. If the, you know, the bills came, the power bill came, and I knew that, and I think, how dare they? How dare they send me a bill expecting me to pay it? You know, I'd use the power, but I didn't think I should have to pay for it. So, you know, by the time the third letter came, I knew that was the letter that said, if you don't pay your power within seven days, we're going to cut it off. And that's when I would begrudgingly Pay it, and that happened month after month after month. And um, and you know, my parenting, hopeless, hopeless parenting, um, hopeless housekeeper, just you know, pretty all round hopeless. So um, so that you know that that realization came one morning, and I knew that. Um, I needed to get serious with the program because I had a sponsor and, you know, she would make suggestions and I followed them to the best of my ability and I had done a fourth and fifth step and, but I had the little voice on my shoulder that said, um, oh, you know, you're not that bad, you know, and when she said, was I ringing people, I could 
say yes, I was ringing people. I rang the people who weren't home because I didn't actually want to talk to them. But when she said, are you ringing? Yes, I'm ringing. I know they're not going to be home. I know they're the people that are at work. And, um, and then after that, that day, I believe the surrender happened. You know, I became willing to do what I needed to do because I knew that my life depended upon it. And, um, you know, it wasn't what went in my mouth. It was what went on in my head. And, um, you know, became willing to do the things. Um, and, um, you know, that continues today. And I just know that um, without this program and without God, and um, I was very scathing, dismissive of people who went to church. Um, the only time I went to church was on um, at Easter time because someone had said they'd give you an Easter egg, <laughs> which they did. That was the reason I went to church, to get a marshmallow Easter egg. Um, but, you know, I I'd drive, you know, on a Sunday, service church service would have finished they'd be milling around the door the minister would be sort of saying goodbye to people as they left and they looked happy and well dressed and I hated them you know and I thought god you must be you must have something missing in your life if you've got to go to church you know and here was me could barely answer the telephone go out the door depressed isolated lonely you know this bleak existence um so, you know, gradually, gradually, um, starting with a really basic concept of a higher power, and it was probably the, the pictures I'd seen of Jesus with the sheep and the, you know, the sheep hook thing and, you know, the beard and the long robes. And, you know, it's not the belief that I have today. And, um, you know, there have been times when, um, you know, I've had to pray. I've been, um, you know, different situations over the years where my resources have, I've had no resources whatsoever. And um, I can remember once, you know, my prayer was, please God, you know, and I was given what I needed in that situation. And, um you know, there's great comfort in that for me that I'm not alone, and um, you know I have you know I have the fellowship, but you know the fellowship aren't there at you know three o'clock in the morning or when something awful's happening or whatever. But you know I have that knowing that um, that God's there, and um, you know the freedom and the um, the joy that I have today, and um, that wasn't destined to be my reality. You know, I would have been a consumer of the mental health system. Um, my health, you know, goodness only knows, you know, I had my gallbladder out when I was 26. I'd, I'd stuffed it through my eating at 26. So, um, you know, um, that's, you know, that's not the reality today. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I've got that design for living that I never had. I've got the, you know, the instruction manual and um, keep coming. And, you know, I love that, you know, we continue to get well, 
you know, and see the wellness in other people and um, yeah, grateful to be here. And you know, it's it's a gift to know that um, you know I'll die with this disease, but I won't die from it, which is what you know would have happened. And um, lots of lots of days yet, hopefully before that happens. So thank you, Tina. Thank you. Tina.